This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.37am, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Chong Jen San. In half an hour, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But before that, we're looking at the flurry of 1MDB-related headlines in the news recently. Last week, former Prime Minister Datuk Sri Najib Razak was acquitted by the High Court over the tampering of the 1MDB audit report. High Court Judge Muhammad Zaini Mazlan said state prosecutors failed to provide sufficient evidence to prove their case, Najib's co-accused, former 1MDB chief Arul Kanda Kandasamy, was also acquitted of an abetment charge. Separately, the government announced that a deal had been reached with Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund's IPIC and its subsidiary ABBA Investments for 1.8 billion US dollars. Meanwhile, ahead of the March 9 sentencing of former bank banker Roger Ng this week, questions continue to be raised over the previous government's deal with Goldman Sachs. Titi Wangsa MP Dato Jahari Abdul Ghani has called for the present government to review the settlement, arguing that the sum of 3.5 billion US dollars was not adequate. So joining us to discuss all these developments is P. Gunasegaram, independent business writer. He's also the author of the book, 1MDB, The Scandal That Brought Down a Government. Good morning, Guna. Thanks as always for joining us. So I wanted to start with um, the recent 1MDB audit report case. Could you maybe help us ex- understand the reasons given for the High Court judge's acquittal of Najib Raza in this case? Uh, I think it, uh, to me, uh, just uh, looking at part of the judgment, it seems to be that it is a relatively small charge. And the judge uh, seemed to have ruled that even if Najib was guilty of tampering uh, with the results, it was not so serious as to constitute a criminal charge. Mm. So the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, unless you actually, uh, it's pretty difficult to, to impute any kind of uh, wrong judgment from, from, from uh, what has been announced so far. Mm. But uh, having said that, uh, this is not the main problem that Najib faces. Uh, he, he's got a slew of other cases, you know, and one of it which is ongoing, which is regarding the 2.6 billion uh, donation, uh, 2.6 billion donation that he was supposed to have received into his accounts. You know? And then there is uh, also uh, the IPIC, uh, the IPIC settlement, and uh, and uh, CBT charges related to that and other things, which amount to, I think, between bring it five to six billion. So uh, he he's not off the ropes yet. No. So this is only a very very uh, small victory, the way I see it. You know, and then the current review of the federal court decision. Um, given the weight of evidence, it's not likely to go in his favour. And Guna, um, in terms of the acquittal, you mentioned that it is a small charge, but it does give rise to concerns of political interference in the judicial system, especially with Najib's close ally now in government. What do you make of these concerns? Uh, you see, the uh, I mean th- that's a very serious allegation to be making. Right? So the, uh, the this particular judge has also made other uh, decisions before, which are not favorable to to Najib's wife Rosma, for instance. Right? So it, it's pretty difficult to to say at this point of time that the judiciary is compromised. Mm-hmm. You know? So that is what uh, people are thinking. But I think. Uh, 
uh, I think the, the, the more relevant question is, if there is indeed uh, the view that that uh, there is sufficient evidence, then it is up to the prosecution to to appeal mm. uh, the decision and take it up to the higher courts. And so far, it's not clear whether they have done that. And I think it is. I think uh, I think people should watch uh, well what the prosecution does in terms of this and what kind of reasons they they have for not appealing if they do not appeal the decision. You know? So this applies not just to Nanjib's case, but uh, remember Zaid was also acquitted of, uh, of of a number of charges in a previous case, and we we uh, or at least I haven't come across any art, uh, news article saying what is the progress of this case and whether it is being appealed and when the appeal is coming up for hearing. Mm. So those would be the more important things to consider. Now. I'm wondering, Guna, in your point of view, does the one MDG, M, does the one MDB saga complicate um, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim's cooperation with UMNO at the moment? Given that uh, UMNO is in government, um, but yet its top leaders are also implicated in these corruption cases. Yeah, that, that that's uh, that's a pretty difficult situation for Anwar to be in, you know. So he he needed uh, UMNO to 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 become PM. But uh, he has also said that he will not uh, interfere in the judicial process. And uh, one hopes uh, that's what he does. And indeed, uh, indeed, as uh, as prime minister, he must not interfere in the judicial process at all. And then uh, one has to wait to see what is the outcome from the point of view of the judgments which are made against these people. And Guna, how significant is the 1.8 billion US dollars settlement that the government has reached with IPIC and ABA Investments? I think the judgment raises a lot of questions. Now, so to to understand this properly, you have to go back in time, mm. and the one of the bonds that one MDB made was for US 3.5 billion, and this bond was uh, apparently guaranteed by IPIC. Huh? So as we know, uh, most of the proceeds of uh, some of the bonds were, were in effect stolen. So in uh, in 2015, PM Najib Razak then agreed to a deal whereby IPIC lent uh, 1MDB US dollars 1 billion and took on all interest and principal payments. But the catch is this, huh? in return, one MDB was to transfer assets of an equivalent value to IPIC. So this effectively indemnified one MDB's performance. So the uh, former AJ Tommy Thomas in his book, uh, My Story in the Wilderness, described this particular episode as fraud on a grand scale. Mm. So he's, he added that this was self-inflicted upon Malaysia because the government assumed liability when it was previously not liable under any of the loans or bonds. So thus, Najib had needlessly exposed Malaysia to this liability by agreeing to it. Uh, it's a long story, but to cut it short, Thomas applied to set aside the deal, which involved payment of US $5.7 billion to the bond trustees, and instead moved to open uh, to, to open arbitration instead. So his actions were successful uh, and uh, the latest uh, court ruling that arbitration can continue to take place came after he had resigned as uh, as AG. Mm. So, um, 
So the, the, the problem with this settlement is that we do not know the full details of it. All right, the government is receiving US $1.8 billion uh, from IPIC. But does that absolve any uh, from any uh, absolve it from any further obligations as far as the uh, US 5.7 billion obligation earlier? Mm. If it does not, then it's a bad deal for the government because the difference is 3.98 billion US or some 18 billion. So that's a lot of money. Mm. Uh, so we need to know the details of the deal before we can make a final judgment on this. Uh, and um, you raised the deal that um, the Malaysian government had made with Goldman Sachs, um, amounting to three point five billion US dollars. Yes. Um, you've written about this uh, as well. There are questions that are being raised by um, MPs on this. Um, why do yes. you think this needs to be reviewed by the government? And what's the best way See, to it, review it? Yeah. Should it be via an RCI? Uh, yeah, I was among those who criticized the deal because it involved the cash payment of just US two point five billion dollars. Uh, so the remainder was a US 1.4 billion guarantee to make up uh, this amount if recoveries of assets purchased from the bond proceeds did not meet this amount. Now, since recoveries are good, it was unlikely that, uh, that Goldman Sachs would be called upon to make good on the guarantees. Now. So effectively, the deal is US 2.5 billion as a result. Thomas, uh, uh, Tommy Thomas in his book said he was looking for a settlement closer to US 9.6 billion, while the then finance minister Lim Kuan Eng was looking at US 7.5 billion as settlement. So even if you take Kuan Eng's figure, there is a shortfall here of US 5 billion or, or ringgit, 22.5 billion at current exchange rates. Mm. So if you total up the shortfalls for both IPIC as well as Goldman Sachs, it amounts to a massive ringgit 40.5 billion. So those are the figures. So let's just say there's a lot of questions about deals which remain unanswered. And the only way is to open up independent investigations into all of these, let them investigate, make their recommendations, and make sure that if there is any wrongdoing, uh, then the culprits have brought, brought the book. We can have afford this kind of a thing mm. uh, lingering around this 1MDB. Now we have problems over the 1MDB settlement, which is ridiculous. You know, I mean, it should be clear we get the best possible settlement, you know, and we, and we, we hire and use the best possible brains to get the best deal for Malaysia out of these settlements with uh, Goldman Sachs and IPIC. Guna, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was P. Guna Segaram, independent business writer, giving us a rundown um, of some of the recent 1MDB-related headlines, as well as um, give, explaining to us why he believes that a review of these settlements, 1MDB's settlements with IPIC and Goldman Sachs, should be um, independently reviewed and the details made transparent. Yeah, I mean, the 1MDB incident is really unfortunate and taxpayers continue to pay for it. As Guna pointed out, there's still discrepancies how much is owed by IPIC and Goldman Sachs, and he puts the figure at roughly 40 billion US dollars. That's a staggering number. Yeah, I mean, the government's finances are hardly rock solid with that 1.5 trillion federal government debt, so let's hope they can recoup as much as they can. All right, 8.49 um, in the morning. We're heading into some messages. When we come back, we'll get updates on the flooding situation in Johor. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.